we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for February 17th, 2013. Next report from Tom Horn's website. The heading reads, Tom also told Jerome Corsi to look in the book Petrus Romanus, again his book, at what he said about Peter the Roman Turkson. Now, right on cue, Cardinal Turkson has emerged as the odds maker, 3-1 to one favorite to win the next coming Pope. With that in mind, read this excerpt from Horn and Putnam's 2012 book. They've just got to constantly keep patting themselves on the back over and over and over again about how what unbelievable prognosticators they are. One thought each of these papal contenders may want to consider is that how many Catholics believe that the 16th century seer, Nostradamus, was actually the author of the prophecy of the popes. If that is so, a point made by the National Catholic Reporter, again, look at all their, their referencing. Nostradamus was might have been the actual author of the prophecy of the popes. Now they're, now they're referencing the National Catholic Reporter. All totally ungodly, flawed, tainted, leaven sources. But I guess that's okay. If that is so, a point made by the National Catholic Reporter earlier in the series concerning the popular West African Cardinal Peter Turkson being young, in other words, he's young in terms of, of age and electability at the age of 63, may have a way of coming back around to Nostradamus's prediction. So again, now, now we're trying to, now we're trying to um, point people to Nostradamus as a source of truth. Another guy burning in hell for eternity that had some foreknowledge that was given to him by devils, and I just explained in the last teaching how devils can give foreknowledge of future events. Okay, Nostradamus had that demonic gift. Okay, and evidently had a um, uh, Nostradamus had a prediction about this. So the dark horse candidate Turkson and his ideas for a one-world financial and political authority housed in the United Nations could become a remarkable and unexpected fulfillment of both the prophecy of the popes and Nostradamus' prediction of an end-times young black pope. This is what Nostradamus says, who will seize control of the Roman hierarchy with the assistance of conspirators during times of darkness and war. In Quitran 625, Nostradamus wrote, quote, Through Mars, through Mars adverse, now this is kind of like old English, through Mars adverse, which is a time of war, will be the monarchy of the great fisherman, which means the Pope, in trouble ruinous. A young black red, which means a young black cardinal, because cardinals wear red, will seize the hierarchy. So now we're saying, hey, guess what? We don't have anything really biblical we can cite about this prophecy of the popes and the fact that it was, you know, all of the red flags that I brought up about the prophecy of the popes and Malachi and all this other stuff. Now we've got Nostradamus weighing in on the last pope and his prophecy seems to coincide with the prophecy of the popes. So again, what kind of signals are we sending to the saved and the unsaved about all of this? 
Well, the, the signals are loud and clear that we can derive truth from demonic sources, from demonically inspired sources. Now, if Jesus Christ was here and he is through his word, he would tell you to stay away from that garbage. We don't need it. We don't need all of this stuff in order... Why would we have to go to the devil in order to secure truth? Why, why is that necessary? And that's what we're doing when we go to all of these ungodly sources. Next report. A sign from above. Lightning strikes the Vatican on the Pope's shock resignation. This was the moment lightning struck the Vatican today. And it shows a lightning bolt hitting St. Peter's Basilica. Okay, and it did happen, true. This was the moment lightning struck the Vatican today. Hour, and there's a little picture here, you can see. Hours after the Pope Benedict XVI's bolt from the blue resignation. The lightning touched the dome of St. Peter's Basilica, one of the holiest Catholic churches. Now this is, again, this is right on Tom Horn's website. What kind of signal is that sending to a Christian reading this? Holiest? Should be unholiest. Okay? After the Pope's shock admission, he lacks strength to do the job. The Vatican stressed that no specific medical condition prompted Benedict's decision to quit. Uh, he was the first one to do so in 600 years. Now, at this point, what I'm doing here is I give you a whole bunch of the teachings I've done on the Catholic Church. Just so you can see that I have done, if, if you want anything to reinforce what I'm telling you, how evil this institution is. A three-part study entitled Witchcraft in Mexico, the Santa Morati Death Cult, Catholic Skull Worship, and the Catholic Inquisitions. Get into all that stuff. Another one entitled Catholic Priest Pedophiles. The next one, Pope bears Inquisition teeth and declares the Catholic Church the only true church. Next one, National Council of Churches affirms. Now, this is like a supposedly... You know, Christian organization, National Council of Churches, affirms that the Catholic Church as the, quote, one true church. This is where everything's leading. Next article, uh, exposing Christ Mass, meaning Christmas, Catholicism, the Pope, the Catholic Mary, the Queen of Heaven, and the coming one world religion. Next report, Catholic Doctrines of Devils. And then one on the Catholic doctrine promoting Apocrypha Exposed, Raiders News Network and Tom Horn warning. Because they are selling the Apocrypha and a lot of other books, Catholic books, up on his website. You know? And I just don't understand why we've got to have all that garbage. I just really can't quite figure it out. Anyway, next report. Anglicans seeking full communion with Rome. We are, in a particular way, spiritual children of Benedict XVI. Now, this is actually from another site. That was the actual header. Secular and religious commentators of every kind are busy reminiscing about the legacy of Benedict XVI. After Monday's stunning announcement that he will step down from the unholy sea, I put the unholy in there uh, because there's nothing holy about it, unholy sea of Peter at the end of this month, the leader of the personal... Or Ordinariate of the chair of St. Peter suggests that one of the key pieces of this legacy is the Pope's work to reconcile Anglicans with the Church. 
In a statement Monday, Monsignor Jeffrey Stenson said this reconciliation was one of the Pope's principal tasks. Yeah, because you have to have a one-world religion in order to fully usher in the Antichrist and the false prophet. Well, that's one of the main works of the Catholic Church, to bring about a one-world religion under Antichrist and false prophet. So, this was one of the principal tasks of Pope um, Benedict, uh, both as pontiff and beforehand, as the prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith. We members of the Ordinariate are in a particular way the spiritual children of his unholiness, I put the un in, Pope Benedict XVI, he said. Now this is this disgusting Anglican that wants to just lick the Pope's boots and get and get yoked up with him in any way, shape that he can. So he's saying we're actually spiritual children of his unholiness. Well, yes, you actually are. That's true. Um, Monsignor Stenson, who directs the second of the three or, ordinariates, thus far established for Anglicans seeking full communion with Rome, said that hearts are saddened with the news of this resignation. But there is a deeper joy knowing that we are the fruit of his vision for Catholic unity. How unbelievably disgusting and vile a statement. But they glory in their shame. They glory in their shame. Now, all, quote, Christian denominations are going to follow suit soon enough, most likely. Not to say there's not going to be people dropping out of respective Christian denominations when this actually goes down, but particularly with the 501c3 corporate church system of America, it's already set up for that, to actually be assimilated into the coming one world religion of the Antichrist and false prophet. And when they come with all signs and lying wonders and miracles, and if it were possible, as Jesus said, they will deceive the very elect, then they're going to have a lot of people um, coming on board the whole New World Order, One World Religion, and they're going to be begging to get on. And this is all greasing the skids for this. So then this ends by saying, Monsignor Stenson, this Anglican, says, and we will pray and work diligently so that his labors, Benedict's labors, in the vineyard might continue to bring forth that rotten, fruitful harvest. I put it in the rotten part. I mean, this is so sickening. I mean, these people are so hellbound, so blinded, so evil, having their conscience so seared with a iron, so without discernment, that it's just, it's scary. It's like, man, I mean, how could you be that blind? Well, if the blind leadeth the blind, they both fall into a ditch, as the Word of God says. And this is what we have here. So here's the next, uh, and here's here. this is the part I really like, we're going to get into now. This is going to really warm the cockles of your heart, this, this next part here. Because we're really going to be doing a, a little bit of a nice study here on Benedict and exposing this forked tongue devil for the devil that he is. This is from the Guardian UK. Okay, so this is from the Guardian UK. And it's, it's entitled, Pope Accused of Crimes Against Humanity by Victims of Sex Abuse. Victims of sexual abuse by the Catholic priests have accused the Pope, the Vatican, the Secretary of State, and two other high-ranking unholy uh, officials, holy, unholy sea officials, of crimes against humanity. So, 
and a formal complaint to the International Criminal Court, or the ICC. The submission, logged at The Hague on Tuesday, accuses the four men who are... Um, the the Vatican Secretary of State and two other high-ranking unholy sea officials, crimes against humanity, and the Pope. So these are the four men. It accuses these four men not only of failing to prevent or punish perpetrators of rape and sexual violence, but also of engaging in the systematic and widespread practice of concealing sexual crimes by the Catholic Church around the world. Why isn't this front-page news? Why isn't Tom Horn and Raiders News Network keen on these stories. Now, if they started keen on these stories, I think that'd be great. But it doesn't. It seems to be the exact opposite. It seems to be like the the exact opposite. They don't talk about this type of stuff. Is it not worthy? The mass pedophilic activity of this death cult? The evil that spawns from this? No, but if they did that, it would take away from all of this supposed research they're doing that's totally based on all these Catholic prophecies. And then the research wouldn't look as shiny and, you know, and as good as it is now. See why they're kind of not saying a whole lot about it? Now, if they did start saying this stuff, I'd say, hey, great, finally. Please have some balance in what you're doing. But the way it is right now, you're having very little balance. Very little. It includes this this um, submission logged in at the Hague includes individual cases of abuse where letters and documents between Vatican officials and others show a refusal to cooperate with the law enforcement agencies seeking to pursue suspects. According to the Center for Constitutional Rights, or the CCR, a U.S.-based organization that represents the claimants, Pam Spees, human rights attorneys for the CCR, and that's not Credence Clearwater Revival, it's the actual uh, Center for Constitutional Rights, sorry, a little humor there, anyway, said that, quote, whistleblowers are punished, the refusal of the Vatican to cooperate with the law enforcement agencies, Uh, you see the protection of priests and leaving them in the ministry you see the protection of priests and leaving them in the ministry, and because of these decisions, other children are raped and sexually assaulted. Yeah, anything to protect this devil Catholic death cult. We gotta protect the pedophiles. We gotta do everything we can do to protect our vast legion of pedophile priests. Because we don't wanna, you know, we, number one, we wanna, we wanna make sure they keep molesting the little kids, because that's important for the Catholic Church, and to spread as much evil as humanly possible. And we also don't want to be taken to task for anything. We want to, we want to have this veneer of, of we're holier than thou. And, and the reality is, is there are these black heart, fork tongue, fang devils that molest little kids. Again, why, why isn't Horn talking about this stuff? You know? This is what we should be keying on, not the other. Okay? Is this not more important? She said, it's not only the facts of the abuse, but the way that the church deepened the harm in sometimes irreparable ways. Why? Because they covered it up and let them rape and molest more children. Or move them to a different uh, parish or whatever so they could continue their disgusting, uh, debauched ways in another parish. 
According to the document filed by CCR, the Pope, as the head of the Catholic Church, is ultimately responsible for the sexual abuse of children by priests and for the cover-ups of that abuse. The group argues that he and others have direct and superior responsibility for the crimes of those ranked below them, and they do. Similar to a military chain of command. Just like the top guy in the mafia, let's say John Gotti, he's the one giving the orders from, from way, way up. He's the one saying what you do and what you don't. He's ultimately responsible. Okay? For everything that goes on. If the head is sick, the whole body will be sick. Okay? And the Pope is one sick dude. And here, we're going to look at that. Here are the most evil pictures, at least some of the most evil pictures of Pope Benedict ever snapped. Now, these are suitable for framing. Just so you know, a little sarcasm there. Anyway, here's the first picture. You've got to see these. It's on the PDF. It starts on page, I don't know, seven or eight. And you, you just got to see these pictures because they really, it's, it's, it's a hallmark moment, every one of them. Here, here's the first one I'm showing my daughter here. I mean, this guy couldn't look any more evil. It, it, I think it'd be impossible for this, I mean, he looks like a rat. And his name is Ratchinger. Okay, former Nazi, or of course he still is, but here's, a, here's another, I mean, this guy, he looks like the biggest perverted, pedophilic, evil, I mean, we're talking, he couldn't hide it if he tried. It just oozes out of a report. And all of these deluded cowards, oh, he's such a man of God. He's a man of Satan, is what he is. Here's him in his... Uh, Disturbingly, he looks most innocent when wearing his Nazi uniform as a boy, because that's when he was a Nazi, overtly, when he was a boy. Here's him, he looks like something out of Star Wars in this one. Um, he could really star in some of the Star Wars. I like this one, it's like the Flying Pope. The, the guy's just, he's so evil. I've never seen a, a Pope so overtly evil looking than this guy. I mean, don't think I don't like him, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little partial here, but anyway. So let's go further. Here is an open letter and appeal to Giorgio Napolitano, President of the Republic of Italy, from Reverend Kevin D. Annette, Secretary of the International Tribunal into the Crimes of Church and State. And before you say that this isn't true, I'm going to give you an article from Reuters that proves it's true. This is to the President of Italy from this guy, okay, and he is the Secretary for the International Tribunal into the Crimes of the Church and State. This was written on... February 14th of this year, just three days ago. Dear President Napolitano, on behalf of our tribunal and people of conscience everywhere and of the millions of victims of church abuse, and this is Catholic church abuse, I am making an appeal to you regarding your upcoming meeting with Joseph Ratzinger. Ratzinger, I'm sorry. Um, who will retire soon as Pope Benedict, the pontiff of the Church of Rome? Our understanding is that in the wake of pressure to have him resign his office because of his proven complicity in concealing child trafficking in his church and other crimes against humanity, Joseph Ratzinger is seeking, now this is Pope Benedict, he's just, that was what he was known as before he was Pope Benedict, is seeking the assistance of the Italian government, like the rat that he is, I added that in, in securing a protection and immunity from legal prosecution. So this little slimy, slime bucket devil is making sure that he's going to have immunity when he retires, when he steps down, because he doesn't want to, you know, suffer any consequences. Now, I can't imagine in hell, 
You know, he can, he may not be able to escape it on this earth, but boy, oh boy, I can't even imagine his punishment in hell, where the worm dieth not, and the flame is never quenched. He says, I need not remind you, Mr. President, that under international law and treaties that have been ratified by Italy, you and your government are forbidden from granting such protection to those of the likes of Joseph Ratzinger, who have aided and abetted criminal actions, such as ordering bishops and cardinals in America and elsewhere to protect known child rapists among their clergy. And that's standard procedure. Again, why is it Tom Horn and other ministries that are glorifying the Catholic Church, why are they not pointing this stuff out? To me, this is far more important than some stinking Catholic saint who's burning in hell right now and us being fixated on all of these Catholic demonically inspired prophecies. I mean, just call me crazy, but that's just me. Your obligation to the Vatican through the Laterian Treaties does not negate or nullify the requirements of these higher moral and international laws. Nor does it require that you give any protection or immunity to a single individual like Joseph Ratzinger, especially after he has left his papal office. You need to abide by international law and not to seek to collude with Joseph Ratzinger and do not and not be seen to collude with him, uh, is even more true when one considers the enormity of the crimes which the Vatican and its highest officials are clearly guilty of. According to considerable evidence gathered and documented by our tribunal and other groups and acknowledged by many governments, in Canada alone, the Roman Catholic Church and its Vatican agents have been found guilty of responsibility for genocide and the deaths of at least 50,000 Aboriginal children in the Jesuit-initiated Indian residential school system that operated until 1996. 50,000 children they killed just in this one spot in Canada. If you don't believe it, there's a link at the end here to their website and they get all into it. they got all these links on the right side. You can click into any of them. All of this confirms all of the studies I have ever done on this black, hell-bound death cult known as the Roman Catholic Church. Look at the rotten, wicked fruit of these devils. In Ireland, more than 10,000 women suffered and were exploited in the Catholic-run Magdalene Laundries. Many of them died. Now, I did a study not too long ago, December 3rd, 2011, and it was entitled The Horrific Story of a Roman Catholic Cloistered Nun, Sister Charletta, and the Black Veil. I'm going to read you the table of contents. The testimony of Sister Charlotte is disturbing and shocking. That's what they call her, Sister Charlotte. But provides important insights into the worst of convent life as well as the dynamics of Romanism. you got to hear this. If you haven't ever heard this, this woman's testimony. They killed her shortly after this came out. This was long, long. This, the recording is very old. But they killed her. She, she disappeared, uh, which is what happens. And we're going to look at that when you speak out against the Catholic Church, particularly if you came out of it. Okay? That's why I do not, I, I just am so bent on exposing wickedness and evil like this. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is to hate 
evil. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. This is what we're doing. We're reproving the unfruitful works of darkness and having no fellowship with them, which is what the Bible commands us to do. When we do this, for the sake of when you expose evil, many times you prevent it from perpetuating. If you do nothing, if you sit back, oh no, no, just let it, well then it grows, and it grows, and it becomes worse. And more people are affected by it. Evil hates the light, in other words. So, um, it, this provides important insights into the worst of convent life as well as the dynamics of Romanism. It testifies with others such as Maria Monk and the Martyr in Black, the life story of Sister Justina, as well as the testimonies of former priests such as Shinkamari, which who wrote The Priest, The Woman in the Confessional, uh, Friesborn, uh, and these are all linked to uh, Friesborn, who wrote 30 Years in Hell, and Hogan, uh, who wrote the auricular confession and the popish nunneries. Sister Charlotte's testimony seems incredible, but only uh, because most people do not know the history of the Catholic religion. This testimony was taken from a cassette tape recording of Sister Charlotte giving her testimony in a Christian gathering. Sources have told us that Charlotte was born in 1898 and entered into the convent in approximately the year 1910. She experienced true salvation, though, in 1945. She actually really got saved and then began giving her testimony in the next few years following her conversion in 1945 throughout the United States and Canada. At the introduction, the pastor indicates she mysteriously disappeared two years after this testimony that you're going to hear was given and was never heard from again. Which is standard operating procedure for this death cult. They will kill you. They're way more ruthless than the mob. Okay? There is no audio from me regarding this. It's just purely her audio. I give you a link here to YouTube. Uh, another link. So if that one's not working. And if not, if neither of the links are working, because the Catholic Church would continually try to take this stuff down, just copy and paste the title and put it in the YouTube. And you'll find it, most likely. And then I give you my little 55-page PDF you can click on, entitled Catholicism Exposed. 55 pages of atrocities. 55 pages. And that's just tip of the iceberg, what I'm giving you. There's no way. I could, I could devote my whole ministry to exposing the Catholic Church and still couldn't, still couldn't expose it all. There's no way. So, going back to the main article... This is the, 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 um, no, this is the letter to uh, the Italian president, Napolitano. Similar church-run institutions all over the world have caused enormous mortality, disease, and ruination for millions of children. And yet the church has never been held accountable or prosecuted for these deaths, just like all the deaths from the Inquisition. I guess we're just all supposed to live and let live and forgive and just forget that they killed those 50 million plus people. Many of them were true Bible-believing Christians and tortured them in the most horrific ways that you could possibly ever imagine, the most sadistically perverted, disgusting ways too. And I got into that in the teaching I did on the Inquisitions uh, that I give you the links to. I mean, perverted. Stuff I could never repeat even on audio. Oh, but they were doing it in the name of the unholy Catholic Church. And you and you think Jesus Christ inspired you to do this horrific stuff. Who did Jesus Christ ever torture when he was here on this earth? Who did he ever burn at the stake or behead or torture or malign 
or forced to convert to true Bible-believing Christianity. I just can't remember anybody. Or the apostles. Hmm, no. Because it didn't happen. But yet, the Catholic Church thinks they have license to do that. And they do it all in the name of God. How sickening. The church has never been held accountable or prosecuted for these deaths and the theft of enormous wealth from entire nations. That's a whole other subject. I think there's a book called The Vatican's Billions. You could get that too. With the recent initiative of at least one European government and a host of lawyers to bring Joseph Ratzinger and other church officials to trial for these crimes, we feel it is incumbent upon you to neither on you neither to assist nor to be seen to assist or condone or attempt by to invade, obstruct, or delay justice, lest you open yourself to a charge of being the accessory to a crime. Oh, he's yoked up with them. Uh, Our behalf of our tribunal and many of the people who cannot speak, on behalf of our tribunal and many of the people who cannot speak, now because they're dead, I call upon you to stand on the law of nations and humanity and offer no support or protection to Joseph Ratzinger or his accessories in their efforts to evade responsibility for their proven crimes. I look forward to your reply and to discussing this with you more when I visit your country in May with a human rights delegation to investigate this matter more closely. Kevin D. Arnett, uh, Secretary of International Tribunal for Crimes of Church and State, Central Office in Brussels. Okay, And there's a link there to the story and to their website. Now, I wasn't even going to put this out, but then I got confirmation from Reuters this is exactly the case. Because I wasn't 100% sure. Well, guess what? And again, this is all being suppressed in the news. In fact, not even any of the alternative media are hardly carrying this. Yet Reuters had a story that did carry, and it confirms this. Right here, Roman Church admits that the Pope's guilt, Joseph Ratzinger, to evade injustice and will hide out in the Vatican for his own legal immunity and protection. The rat. The rat is not going to scurry from the Vatican lest he get caught in the trap. Sorry, I just made a rhyme there. Anyway, so here is the link to the Reuters article where the Roman Church admits the Pope's guilt wrote rats in to evade justice and will hide out in the Vatican. An urgent update from the International Tribunal into the Crimes of Church and State, Brussels, which is where we just got the letter from. In a statement to Reuters today, Vatican officials announced that Joseph Ratzinger will remain a permanent resident of Vatican City after his resignation. Because it's its own country. Okay, so they can't get to him there. It's its own supposed sovereign country. The Vatican. Vatican City. Doing so will offer him legal protection from any attempt to prosecute him in connection with sexual abuse cases around the world. You little maggot. You truly are a rat, you fork-tongued devil. Be a man and go outside the walls. Come on, Ratzinger. You little coward. It's okay, though, for your, your legion of pedophile priests to go and rape and pillage and destroy lives and damn souls to hell through your false religion. That's good. That's holy and that's upright, according to you. But you're such a little coward. You're going to wall yourself up in the Vatican for the rest of your days. And I wouldn't be surprised if he died. Because 
with this type of publicity, it would be better that he just died. And they say, oh, he died of a broken heart. I didn't think people that had a black heart could get a broken heart. But yes, he probably died of a broken heart because he had to step down. Don't be surprised to see this dude turn up dead. Because it would be much better to have this out of their hair. You know what I mean? Because if he's dead, they can't prosecute him for, for all these crimes. They could pros- try to prosecute others, but obviously he's the most vocal, most uh, highly represented. So by walling himself up in Vatican, Vatican City will offer him legal protection from any attempt to prosecute him in connection with sexual abuse cases around the world. Church sources said today. This is what Reuters is reporting. But you can't find this on CNN. You can't find it on Drudge. I couldn't find it on Alex Jones. I couldn't find it anywhere. His continued presence in the Vatican is necessary. This is the church saying this. Otherwise, he might be defenseless. Oh, like all those little defenseless kids that your legion of pedophile priests have been raping and pillaging for centuries? Like them? Oh, I pray God rain down his fury on this wicked, evil, devil-possessed organization known as the Roman Catholic Church. I pray dispatch every angel in heaven to go against this wickedness in the name of Jesus Christ. This startling admission of guilt by the church is also a direct obstruction of justice. And lends more, now this is back to the main article, and lends more weight to the charge by the ITCCS, which is the organization that just wrote that letter to Napolitano, and others that the Vatican has arranged with the Italian government to shield Ratzinger from criminal prosecution in violation of international laws ratified by Italy. I mean, none of this even surprises me remotely. And obviously this is being buried totally by the media. Under orders of, in America, by Obama, because he's in collusion with them as well, and elsewhere. Commentary by the person that wrote this article. The Vatican decided today to give permanent sanctuary to a proven war criminal by allowing, among other things, by allowing Joseph Ratzinger to obstruct justice. The whole war criminal thing is a whole other ball of wax. Okay? But by allowing him to obstruct justice and evade prosecution for crimes against humanity. And the government of Italy is colluding in this abrogation of international law. The decision validates our claims about the criminal conspiracy surrounding Ratzinger and his Vatican co-conspirators. It also makes it clear that the Vatican is a rogue power that is flaunting every law to conceal its own criminality. Absolutely. In response, the ITCCS calls upon its affiliates and all people of conscience to use our upcoming Easter reclamation campaign to converge on Rome and the Vatican to force the extradition of Ratzinger from Vatican City and place him and his accessories on trial for crimes against humanity. God bless them in all their efforts to accomplish all of this. Do I think it's going to happen? No. From the standpoint of evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, 2 Timothy 3.13. I just don't think the New World Order will let this happen. But God can rain down his fury on this wickedness just the same. For the sake of the little children and probably babies and, 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 and innocent 
the people that literally like the Sister Charlotte, who really did this, who really became a nun because they really thought they were serving God, and then realized that this was a wicked, evil, corrupt, demonic institution. For the sake of those poor souls, I pray God stop this wickedness in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, his angelic host, and through the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, is not my word. I just, I just, I, I, this so frustrates me to read this. It is so evil, so wicked, so flagrant, so in your face. This is what we need to be talking about regarding Catholicism. And, and yet, this is totally suppressed. You're not going to hear this hardly anywhere. Unfortunately. I hope that maybe by releasing this report and uh, maybe there'll be others that will come out now and also start reporting on this so that this is common knowledge. You know, this needs to be common knowledge. Everybody needs to know this. Commencing Sunday, uh, here, commencing Sunday, March 24, 2013, our activists and others will begin an escalating series of Catholic Church occupations and seizures of church property to bring about Ratzinger's extradition and reclaim stolen wealth from the criminal corporation known as Vatican Inc. In the name of the legion of their victims, both living and dead. And from Kevin Annette, who wrote this story, which is entitled, The Rat Scurries Back to the Vat. <laughs> Get it? Ratzinger scurries back to the Vatican. The Rat Scurries Back to the Vat. He said, those whom the gods destroy, they first drive insane. Especially, it seems, in Rome. Why would the oldest and wealthiest institution on our planet deliberately prove what its critics say about it by first tossing their leader, a proven crook, out of his office after he's threatened with arrest and then giving him... Sh this is why they're saying he stepped down. Because of this. This criminal prosecution. He had to step down because he knew this was coming. Now, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case or not. I'm saying that's what they're saying. Would make sense. Um... By first tossing their leader, a proven cook, crook, out of the office after he's threatened with arrest and then giving him shelter to avoid prosecution. That is the kind of panic and illogic displayed by junior document shredders, not a credible or wise body of men. In other words, they're getting really desperate. And then he goes on to say, and that gives us all hope. Rome's incredible admission that they can't have the Pope stand trial has strengthened our cause and, and our legitimacy enormously. In other words, these people have been trying to bring these Catholic devils to justice. And by the Pope's actions of stepping down and now saying he's going to wall himself up in the Vatican, it's just proving their guilt. But I don't even think that was ever even in question. It's just validating what they're doing even more. Proving that no matter how big your guilty opponent is, provoking him for long enough will cause him to destroy himself by his own fear and stupidity. Well, if God's on your side, protecting Ratzinger within the walls of the Vatican may halt justice for a moment, but it violates the basic rule of warfare, which is to never give your enemy a permanent focus for their attack. Ratzinger, the evil emperor, now will be a permanent fixture in the Vatican? The absurdity of offering such an ongoing focus to the civilized world hatred of the Catholic criminality is also a sign that the church is adrift and improvising. 
But it also shows how genuinely worried the Vatican is about the legal offensive mounted by our affiliates, lawyers, for torture survivors in the International Criminal Court. Again, may God bless their righteous efforts to bring this to light, to bring this wickedness to light. That God would just lay this bare for all the world to see. The Vatican is pulling out all stops to keep Ratzinger out of court. Their loyal one-man-owned Italian media is attacking yours truly and our ITCCS fervently and playing the deny-distract-discredit strategy of any damage-controlling corporation. The tottering Liz Windsor, a.k.a. the Queen of England, is making a special and unprecedented trip to Rome on March 6th to kiss the ring of the new CEO of the Vatican, Inc., the next pope who they would, the, these Catholic prophecies would say would be Petrus Romanus. Okay? And the Italian president, Napolitano, is meeting, now that's the guy they wrote the letter to, is meeting with President Obama today in Washington to undoubtedly line up more American backing for the pontiff. And I guarantee you, Napolitano was going to Obama and said, hey, listen, if any of this stuff starts breaking in the news, you need to keep it suppressed by your corporately controlled American media. And it has been. It was very hard for me to even find this information, particularly that article from Reuters, which is pretty mainstream. Anyway, um, so he's lining up more American backing for the pontiff, not that Obama needs much more encouraging, having stood loyally behind Ratzinger's claim of diplomatic immunity. Joe Ratzinger should know from history that his former SS Nazi buddies, that criminal institutions can run but they can't hide, even behind all the wealth and pop of the world. Prepare for Easter. Flush the rat from the vat. <laughs> Stay tuned for plans of the Easter reclamation campaign at this website. And their link is right here. It's itccs.org. The following is a comment to Reuters, the Reuters article referenced above. Now, I checked the Reuters article. It's still up online. I was amazed. It's still up there, and I looked at the comments, because I, I was looking to see, oh, is somebody going to say this is all bogus? No, not one comment was, was saying that this was bogus. Not one. The first comment I thought was rather insightful, and I'm going to read it to you. This is from a guy, this is from an, uh, Dr. Rosemary Ellen McHugh of Chicago, Illinois, USA. You could probably find her in the phone book there. Dr. Rosemary Ellen McHugh, Chicago, Illinois, USA. And there's even a little link to um, her thing, her profile on Reuters. And and she goes by physician. She says, this doctor says, as a Catholic physician who has met many, and I can't believe she's still Catholic after all this. It's just unbelievable what a demonic hold it holds on people. But as a Catholic physician who has met many who have been sexually abused by priests, And as one who was sexually assaulted myself by a Carmelite priest when I was a young doctor in Dublin, Dublin, Ireland, I have learned, I think that's what they're talking about, I have learned that clergy sexual abuse has been part of the culture of Roman Catholic Church for many centuries. Pope Benedict, (coughs) excuse me, Pope Benedict XVI has played a central role in allowing the priest sexual abuse of innocent children to flourish worldwide from the 24 years that he was the head of the office that dealt with clergy sexual abuse cases and since 2005 as Pope. See, that was what he did. 
he was he was the, played the central role in allowing the pre-sexual abuse um, cases to um, to uh, of innocent children to flourish. That's why he was promoted because he did the most to to protect the pedophile priest and to make sure they kept on molesting the kiddies. And that maggot gets promoted to the Pope because he's a good satanic servant. This is how wicked, evil, and corrupt this black death cult is. Can you imagine? The Pope, when he was known as Cardinal Ratzinger in 2001, issued a Vatican edict edict to the hierarchy all over the world to put the institution of the church's interests over any other interest and to have all cases of clergy sexual abuse centralized under his authority so he could keep his disgusting demonic thumb on everything under his authority in the Vatican under exclusive competence in the pontifical secret pontifical secret <laughs> what the pontifical secret of hiding all the, all the sexual abuse cases of little children yeah that that's secret why did Ratzinger report all the cases why didn't Ratzinger report all the cases of child sexual abuse by clergy to the legal authorities for investigation why didn't he do that because he is of his father, the devil, Satan, and of his lust and of his works, he will do. He was in charge of doing the most despicable thing, covering up sexual abuse cases of little children. For over 24 years, this guy was responsible for that, and still is. Okay, And that is why he was promoted to Pope. Because they want the most debased, sick, perverted maggots that they can get in that Pope chair. And all you have to do is look at those pictures that I've got in this PDF on page 7 on to understand what an evil, wicked, sick, perverted dude this guy is. The eyes are the windows to the soul. Well, look at his eyes. If that's not pure evil, I don't know what is. Now this is a Catholic writing this. So to me, it carries more weight. Because it's like, well, you can't say it's biased. It's just a matter of observation. Why did Ratzinger protect the pedophile priest and not remove the predator priest and complicit bishops from the priesthood? She's asking this question, this doctor. Why did Ratzinger not care about the children and innocent victims? Talk about soulless. If you could look in Ratzinger's soul... Ratzinger's soul, all you would see is black darkness. No light. No light. The abyss of hell. That's all you would see. If God would show you that. It offends me, and this is back to the doctor, it offends me deeply to read that one observer in the above article called the victims and survivors, quote, crazies. Yeah, there's just millions upon millions upon millions of these crazies that just all have it out for the Catholic Church. Just the craziest thing you ever saw. They just all got it out. You know, they all have an axe to grind. Every one of them, all these little kids, they're just, you know, they're all crazies. <laughs> From all that I have learned about this scandal and the central role Pope Benedict XVI have played in it, it astounds me that he continues to protect himself from accountability. It astounds me that he um, 
continues to protect himself from accountability and that others in powerful places are allowing him to get away with all the harm that his poor decisions have caused in the lives of so many victims and their families. Yep. Besides the betrayal of trust and the soul murder of so many, there have been many suicides around the world by those who gave up hope that anyone would believe their story of having been sexually abused by a priest or a member of the hierarchy. They just lose hope. You defile a child at an early age, you infuse them with devils and demons, and that's exactly why Satan wants these pedophilic, homosexual devils to do this. It's literally like injecting devils into them. They're vampirizing their innocence. They're taking away their innocence. The devil hates anything pure and innocent, and he wants to defile the little children. And he uses these disgusting pedophile priests in order to accomplish this. It is better that they would have a millstone hung about their neck and be cast into the midst of the sea. Jesus Christ said that they offend one of these little ones that believeth on me. I just pray God kill every one of them. I don't, th- I don't see how they can be redeemed. I mean, the ones that can be saved, I pray would, but I, I just don't believe a whole... If you get to that point where you're molesting little children... I just don't see a lot of hope of that person ever getting saved. Because talk about being turned over to a reprobate mind like it talks about in Romans 1. And also having their conscience seared with a hot iron. How do you unsear a conscience? And once you're turned over to a reprobate mind, how do you get unreprobated? I'm not saying it couldn't be done. I'm just saying very, 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 probably low percentage of that going on. It had been better that they had never been born. Because their punishment in hell is going to be so horrific. And then the lake of fire. I just pray God give them all a glimpse. Hang them out over hell for an hour. If they're going continue, if they have to continue to live on this earth, hang them out over hell for an hour. Maybe they'll think twice before they molest another little, little child. That's much more merciful than letting them continue to rape. Or God destroying them. Much more merciful than letting them get away and continuing to rape these little ones. How sickening. And yet they walk around with this veneer like they're so holier than thou. So sanctimonious. So pious. Come not thou near me for I am holier than thou as the Bible says. I believe in Isaiah 66. (laughs) That's so disgusting. They're so deluded and warped. They think they do with God's service. And they're nothing but tools of Satan. I just, I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I just can't imagine that level of wickedness and evil. Oh, my word. So, going further, um, please read The Case of the Pope, written by Jeffrey Robertson. Uh, Mr. Robertson challenges the Pope's belief of having diplomatic immunity. He says the Vatican is not really a sovereign state. In my view, it is time for Pope Benedict XVI to become accountable and to apologize to the world for all the harm that his policies have done to so many human lives. It's never going to happen. No more smoke screens and denials and re-victimizations of the victim survivors, please. Again, Dr. Rosemary Ellen McHugh of Chicago, Illinois. Okay, continuing with the next comment, uh, EL5Z wrote, 
Isn't it nice that God's, quote, God's representative, the Pope, can live in safety and comfort while raped and sodomized children deal with distorted and antisocial behavior they live with due to the pedophilic acts of satanic priests who are under the direction of the cardinals and this pope and those before him back into the 1800s. I would say you could go back to the inception. What hypocrisy to think this, quote, church has any place in civilized society. They need to be run out of existence. Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't have put it better or more succinctly. The next comment <clears throat> says, Why don't they also point out that the, the Latirian pacts that gave Vatican City statehood was from the Catholics' good old buddy Mussolini. Everything about that place is evil. And here we have a picture of Benedict behind bars, um, which is kind of neat. Next report, Benedict XVI, the last Vatican czar, final despotic acts, Vatican jails worldwide, uh, worldwide locations. Now, this is interesting. This confirms everything that we just got into. <clears throat> this is a whole other different website. The CPJ Committee to Protect Journalists recently released the number of jailed journalists in the world. There's a link here. The Vatican also jails Catholic priests, nuns, and lay people who are similar to secular journal journalists who speak up against the injustices of the Vatican and the fallacies of the popes and their medieval doctrines of the Vatican Catholic Church, and they are also punished by being imprisoned in their silence, prohibited to speak, and forbidden to appear in all Catholic venues like the list below. The prison of the Vatican is smarter and more powerful than all despots' prisons because it is an invisible evil in and of itself. And in, they give these links here. In Turkey, there's 49 journalists currently in prison. Iran, 45. China, 32. Eritrea, 28. Syria, 15. There's links to all these you can click on. The Vatican... Um, uh, liberation theology, priests and nuns, 30 or plus more imprisoned. Irish priests, 7. American nuns, hundreds. And there's a link to every one of these if you want to explore that further. There are 232 jail journalists for 2012, but the Vatican is the worst among all countries that jails nuns, priests, and lay people by prohibiting them to speak in all Catholic venues, churches, schools, retreat centers, etc. This is very, very similar to the Catholic uh, nun, the Sister Charletta that we... Well, you can go up there and listen to the audio um, that I talked about in an earlier part here. Very, very similar. Totally co confirming of that. Then they list on, I mean, I don't know how many countries here. It's too many to list of um, the actual individual cases of these imprisons, imprisonments. And you can click on the country and uh, to see the summaries of their individual cases. But just way too many for me to list. And it's popecrimes.blogspot.ca, but there's the link here that you can go to. So again, this is just common knowledge, um, uh, just suppressed, very, very suppressed. So let's go further here. This is the, um, I'm going to try to finish out here, the Benedict XVI's role in global ecumenism. Uh, ecumenism. Uh, the final pope in world history is about to step onto the world scene. Christians, knowledgeable in prophetic scripture, are awaiting this future false prophet pope to step into the throne of Peter. Did Benedict resign now because of the prophetic time has come to bring the final pope, the false prophet, into the office of the pope? Well, that may be part of it. Uh, part of it, I think, is this criminal case being brought against him that we made a case for. Uh, 
you know, so again, it's it's hard to say. It might, it might be a combination of factors here. So this is a article entitled "Pope's Resignation Was Not Forced by Health Issues." A spokesman says Pope Benedict XVI is not suffering from any specific disease that forced him to resign. His spokesperson said Tuesday, a day after the news that he was stepping down, shocked the world's 1.2 billion Roman Catholics all on their way to a burning hell. 1.2 billion people. That's a lot of people um, that are going to wind up in hell because of this devil institution unless they get saved. The pontiff is resigning because he does not... And really, that's the greatest atrocity it's ever committed. You know, uh, pedophilia and all this other stuff aside, the masses of people that will burn in hell for eternity is the greatest atrocity that the Roman Catholic Church has ever perpetuated on humanity. Um, The pontiff is resigning because he does not feel he has the strength to continue as the church's leader. The Reverend Federico Lombardi said, adding that it was a spiritual decision. Yeah, whatever. And the person writing the article, I think it's uh, David Bay from Cutting Edge. Yes, I agree, Pope Benedict XVI is resigning because of a spiritual decision. His familiar spirits are telling him that the time has come for the final pope to step into the throne of Peter so that he can firmly establish himself as the pope of the vast Roman Catholic Church before he is called to be the religious leader of all world religions. Did you know that the ultimate plan, what the ultimate plan is for the final pope? Listen, now this is uh, from David Bay. On August 18, 1991, a member of the Black Secret Society, the House of Theosophy, who... Um, H.P. Blavatsky actually started, one of the most wicked women that ever walked the planet. Uh, This guy had only been born again for weeks. He sneaked me into a seminar for the meeting of a members only, uh, they could only bring one guest, to discuss a unique presentation presentation by the New England director, Bill Lambert. This meeting was entitled, quote, Possible and Probable Events in the Future. The director wanted to inform the members of some decisions just made by the global elite. And there's a link to that news story I give you here. One of these recent decisions was that top religious leaders of the global New World Order would be the Roman Catholic Pope. In other words, he would be the number one guy. I've always said this, that from an infrastructure standpoint, from a power standpoint, from a corruption standpoint, the Roman Catholic Church is the most likely candidate to assimilate all other religions under her mantle into an amalgamation of this one world religion. Okay, I've always felt that way. This is also confirming that. Um, that the top religious leader would be the Roman Catholic Pope. That would make him pretty much most likely the false prophet. Okay, um, Whoever he was at this time, this revelation makes the Pope of the office uh, the, the false prophet. Um, <clears throat> this evidently at the meeting, this quote was given by, I think, this Bill Lambert guy. Um, at the proper moment in history, the Pope will visit the combined Jewish, Christian, Muslim sector of Jerusalem. Now that is future, but they've made that very clear. They want a combined Jewish, Christian, Muslim sector in Jerusalem where all, relig- all major religions can go to worship. Anyway, the Pope will visit the combined Jewish, Christian, Muslim sector of Jerusalem to announce that all religions should be combined into one the action will then finally break the Middle East logjam. The announcement that all world's religions are now the same under the leadership of the Pope will establish the prophesied one world religion with the Pope as the undisputed leader. The director, Bill Lambert, boldly stated that the Catholic pontiff was planned to be 
was planned to be the top religious leader in the New World Order One World Religion, a designation which makes him the false prophet, most likely. Uh, Bill then admitted that the nature of the Pope false prophet will be identical to that of the New Age Antichrist. He said, quote, at this point I raised my hand, and this is um, David Bay, he said, I raised my hand to ask Mr. Lambert, you spoke earlier about the Pope going to Jerusalem. When Lord Maitreya makes his appearance, huh, Lord Maitreya, huh, there will be three types, and this is a guy way back in the early 1990s, saying it was a foregone conclusion, Lord Maitreya is going to uh, make his appearance at Jerusalem with this Pope. Wouldn't that make Maitreya possibly the Antichrist? Hmm. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Is what I've been saying for years. Uh, I've done many, many teachings. Just key in Maitreya, M-A-I-T-R-E-Y-A, in the keyword search box, at ContendingForTruth.com. And it's my theory. I don't, uh, I'm not going to say I'm dogmatic. I'm not going to say that I couldn't be wrong. But I think he's going to at least play some type of major role. He's the only... Uh, entity that the United Nations World Goodwill have ever sponsored literally put up the Share International website and the only one that I know of that the United Nations has sponsored that has boldly claimed that he is the Messiah to the Jews he is the Christ to the Christians he is Krishna to the Hindus he is the fifth Buddha to the Buddhists and he is the Imam Mahdi to the Muslims which is their all of their respective five major religions world's awaited savior He's the only guy doing that. He's the only guy that ever had a website put up by the United Nations. Okay? When that website was first put up a long time ago, there was a guy named Eastwood that had a really good site on Maitreya. And I used to correspond with him. And this is how I found out about it. And he actually had a screenshot on his website of the United Nations website before they kind of not distanced themselves, but before you could go up there and you could just see it's, this is United Nations sponsored website, and we put it up for Maitreya. Okay, they have since took that down. He used to have a screenshot. I used to have the screenshot saved. Had a listener the other day ask me about it. I said the problem is I've lost a couple hard drives. This was a long time ago. Okay, you know me getting saved back in the early part of 1994, and I learned about it. I don't know, couple, two, three years after that. And I had it, but I've lost a couple hard drives since then. So I lost that, that screenshot. But it was up there. I've seen it with my own eyes. And he's the only dude that I know of that they've done that with. So, okay, maybe he's not going to be the Antichrist. I don't know. But he's going to play some type of major role in this whole end times UFO, ascended master, coming, awaited saviors that are going to come on the scene. That are going to basically say, listen, we created you. Now, this is what... Tom Horn's whole book is about with this Exo Vaticana, which is a whole other subject, which I'm going to probably talk about next week. Now, I tend to agree with more of his information on that subject because it is about a coming awaited alien savior that will make his appearance on the scene, and the Vatican is totally gearing up, totally expecting, and totally prepared to point to this supposed ascended master alien meaning he's from another planet, whatever, Savior, as the Antichrist. So, this is what the Vatican is gearing up for. This is what the whole thing about their Lucifer telescope and their Mount Graham observatory is all about. They're gearing up for this hardcore. So, I really believe you can... You, and again, that's why I was wanting to look at this subject 
with all of this stuff about the next Pope coming, about this ascended masters, about Maitreya, I was trying to look at it with a balanced biblical approach and not just get all Catholic crazy and say, oh, we got to have all these Catholic prophecies in order to find the truth. No, we don't. We don't need that garbage. Look at the facts. I've laid this stuff out in so many teachings, it would be impossible for me to go over it all. But again, you key in Maitreya in the search box at contendingfortruth.com if you want to know more about him. But he says, going back to this, he says, at this point I raised my hand to ask Mr. Lambert, you spoke earlier about the Pope going to Jerusalem. When Lord Maitreya makes his appearance, now they're calling him Lord Maitreya, I'm not calling him, I'm calling him Devil Betraya. Okay? But they're saying the Pope or the false prophet will appear in conjunction with Maitreya at Jerusalem when these three sectors have been combined and they will say we need to combine all the world religions into one. And that this will break the Middle East logjam. Meaning it's about the only thing that is going to get the Muslims and the Jews to actually have any kind of false peace. Because right now the Muslims want nothing more to do than just to kill all the Jews. But if their awaited Savior said, oh no, okay guys, put down your arms for now, we need to have peace. Remember, the Antichrist will come as a man of peace, a false peace. So, then it says there will be three types of people when this happens. When Maitreya and the Pope show up at Jerusalem and say we need to combine all the religions into one. There will be three types of people. Number one, those whose consciousness has not been properly raised so they can readily accept him. Now that's a very, very, very common theme among New Agers. They're saying the people like us, the Christians, who aren't as highly evolved, because it always goes back to evolution, will be the ones that have to be re-educated. Or just taken off this planet totally. And that we are like this because our consciousness hasn't been properly raised so that we can readily accept the Antichrist and the false prophet, is what they mean. The second type of person, those whose consciousness has been raised somewhat, but not so high that they can readily and immediately accept him. But they might be able to accept him after further enlightenment. A little bit of satanic arm twisting, maybe. Hey, yeah, you're starting to see the light there. A little bit of satanic torture, brainwashing, mind control, demons, devils, maybe some uh, drugs-induced, sorcery. Hey, you know what? I wasn't a believer, but now I see the light. Okay? So you're going to have that class. And then three, those will never accept him. You know, I would be, uh, hopefully, you know, I, I want to make sure I'm like uh, at the top of that class. <laughs> hopefully, those who will never accept the Antichrist, the, and my listeners, and, and true Christians, obviously, will never accept him. Okay? But, again, this is why we don't want to be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us. He's always trying to get an advantage of us. We don't want to be destroyed for lack of knowledge. If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Okay, so this is the time that God said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, the first two classes of people, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The third class will not be deceived by the strong delusion. Those that will never accept the false prophet and the Antichrist. Okay. And then, going back to this, Tom Horn said, I said, back to the Pope for a moment, Bill. You stated at the right moment the Pope would go to Jerusalem. Surely the Pope is a proper receptor 
to the Christ, meaning the Antichrist in this case. But they'll refer to the Antichrist as the Christ, their awaited Savior. So he's saying, surely the Pope is a proper receptor, a proper propagator, a proper partner to the Christ. Because they're going to be partners, bosom buddies and lifelong pals. Until they all get cast into the lake of fire, the all, you know the false prophet, the antichrist. So this Christ they're referring to is the antichrist. Now, at this point, Bill nodded his head as affirmatively that the Pope was a proper receptor to the coming antichrist. Essentially, this is the most direct acknowledgement by an influential person involved in the planning for the appearance of antichrist that the Pope is ready and waiting for the appearance of this false Christ. This, or the Antichrist, this acknowledgement also points to the Roman Catholic Pope as the false prophet. Because Bill stated very pointedly that the preparation for the New World Order religion was being paved by the ecumenical movement, which is being spearheaded by the Pope. I've reported on here over and over and over and over again, week after week sometimes, the absolute combining and yoking up of the Catholic Church with all other Christian denominations worldwide. But the Pope, all, the, the Catholic Church always refers to itself as the true, true, the true church and the mother church. Okay, so this is what we're dealing with here. So, in conclusion, let us examine a key prophetic scripture which shows precisely God's prophecy applies to the Roman Catholic pontiff. Revelation 13.11 And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb. And he spake as a dragon. So two horns like a lamb, another beast. Two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. This prediction that this second beast will have two horns like a lamb means that he will present himself to the people as a Christian leader. Well, why, why do you say that? Like the lamb of Christ. Okay? He will present himself to the people as a Christian leader. That would be the Pope. Okay? And will be accepted as such by the masses. How? Through lying signs and wonders and miracles is the primary way they're going to deceive the whole world. That's what the Bible says. However, the very next segment reveals that he will be very similar to the Antichrist in that he will, and, and he spake as a dragon though, essentially. He spake as a dragon. Two horns like a lamb, but he spake as a dragon. Therefore, it is highly significant for the New England director of the House of Theosophy to admit that the Pope in office at the time the Antichrist arises will be a proper receptor to the Christ. Indeed, he will be, because that is the nature of Roman Catholicism and the clear declaration of Revelation 13.11, which we just read. This announcement that Benedict is resigning on February 28, 2013, tells me that the timetable for the beginning of World War III that will stage the Antichrist's, Antichrist's arrival is on the track and drawing very near. That's what I've been teaching too. The Antichrist will come most likely at the heels of World War III as a man of peace to unite all world religions and tell everyone we need to, hey, all get on the same page. I'm going to confirm this covenant with Israel and these other countries that were at war for seven years, a week, as the Bible talks about in Daniel, seven years. And he is going to come as a man of peace, and he's going to be the only one, he's going to be like the big guy, the only one that has all the tools to unite all world religions, and um, supposedly have the answers to all these problems. And not only that, but they're going to come with so much more. 
that just lying signs, miracles, all this stuff, they're going to come to deceive the masses into thinking that they were actually our creators. And we were their little science project. And now he's going to have to come back to police it and also to unite all the world religions and all the world governments and have bring in a one-world currency and a one-world political system and a one-world economic system so that we can all get on the same page and boldly go from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius into the glorious new world order. That's what I've been teaching for a long time. And World War III is going to have a big part to do with that. Because at the, on the heels of World War III, people are going to be real desperate. And that's when the Antichrist is going to want to show up. When everybody is in maximum shock and awe state. And they're just going to be like, whatever, we don't care, just make it go away. That type of attitude, most likely, for the masses. So, the announcement that Benedict was resigning on February 28, 2013, tells me that the timetable for the beginning of World War III that was staged the Antichrist is on track and drawing very near. I agree. How can we as Christians know how close the Antichrist might, might be? Daniel 7 Verse 7 through 8 tells us, there's a news story you can click on there. Um, it's entitled, There is one sequential prophecy which will provide us a clear gauge by which we can know the approximate time that the Antichrist will arise. I don't have time to get into that today, but you can click on that article if you like. Um, going further, all of this is on the PDF for February 17, 2013 at contendingfortruth.com. It's all free. You can go there anytime you want. If you're listening to this at YouTube, and you can explore this further. One thing is for certain, however, the, the voluntary resignation of Pope Benedict XVI is a supremely important event, which will most certainly carry enormous prophetic implications. I agree. The false prophet is about to step on the world scene. In a possible symbol that the Antichrist slash false prophet biblical scenario of Revelation 13 may be ready to unfold on this earth, just a few hours after the Pope Benedict XVI was announcing his resignation, a bolt of lightning struck the top of the Vatican. St. Peter's Basilica. You can see this lightning strike on this video if you want to see that. Uh, now I know the earth has many thousands of lightning strikes every single day, so one might be tempted to believe this strike is simply an accident. And it very well may be, but this lightning strike was at the very tip of the Vatican and that it occurred very shortly after Pope Benedict's 16th announcement of his resignation, an act which will bring the final Pope to the world scene. Most likely. Most likely. I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, it has to be the final Pope, but I... I think it probably is from a prophetic timetable. Uh, I think so many things are ready. We are, we could be seriously that close to the start of the tribulation. We we literally could be on that, the start of World War Three, the start of the tribulation. I mean, literally, we could be into the tribulation sometime within this year. It could be that close. It wouldn't surprise me a bit. So I'm not saying that's the case. I'm saying we could. It's possible. Okay? So, just, again, um, be on your toes. So, going further here, I'm reminded of this pertinent scripture. <clears throat> Isaiah 1.14.12 How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Regarding this lightning strike at the Vatican. And then Luke 10.18 And he, Jesus, said unto them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Okay, so going further. Is Pope Benedict's abrupt resignation the first step in the unfolding of the revealing of the first and second beasts of Revelation 13? World events are clearly pointing in that direction. Um, as Pope Benedict the 16th prepares to leave office, one Jewish journalist takes a hard look backward to the Pope's attitude toward Jews. 
and it's entitled Pope was the Pope was not a friend of Jews. More of his, you know, horrific actions. Uh, this is Israel National News, February twelfth, two thousand thirteen. It goes on to say, if you read the records, the picture that unfolds is not a rosy one. Israel described upon hearing the Pope's resignation. Uh, let's go in further. The state of Israel has long falsely painted a rosy picture of her relations with the unholy sea, as I put in the un. Um, but you see, Israel's political leaders know that the ultimate plan is for the Vatican to lead an international religious effort to establish a one-world religion headed by the Pope and to build a combination religious um, center very close to the Temple Mount, which is what we just talked about, which would make sense. You know, if for the abomination of desolation that, that Daniel talks about and that is mentioned in Matthew 24 and also in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where the Antichrist goes into the temple and proclaims himself to be God in the holy place, and most likely the holy of holies. In order for that to occur, you have to have a rebuilt temple. That's not there yet. Okay, that's going to happen at the midpoint of the thir- of the seven year tribulation. That temple hasn't even been built. Okay, but it could be, and the plans are all there, and the, and there's a whole institute dedicated to that. It's called the Temple Institute. You can go up there and do a keyword search for them. Get on their newsletter. Get about one email from them a week. They got the the priestly garments all made. They got a lot of the implements of the temple that they've either found this this and that, and so. Um, in order for the abomination of desolation to happen, where Satan, no, the Antichrist, like Satan incarnate, goes into the temple, proclaims himself to be as God. In order for that to happen, you have to have a rebuilt temple. It seems as though Satan will be fixated on Jerusalem. Okay? There's a lot of Bible for that. Well, it would make sense that that would be the, where they would want to have their the, the, the actual center of their one world religious worship. And where they would want to announce to the world that we need to combine all the religions into one. It would make sense. I mean, where are you going to do it? In like, you know, Timbuktu? It's not going to have as much weight as making that announcement in Jerusalem. Okay, so, again, some speculation here, but, I mean, I think we have some Bible that we could back up these things. Going further, um, we discuss this fact in the story, uh, and they give a link to it. Therefore, because Israel's political leaders know that the Illuminati plans for the Roman pontiff to one day assume control all over all world's religions, and to spearhead the construction of the one world church building in Jerusalem, they fervently desire harmonious relations with the Vatican. But as Giulio Mitati reports, he's the one writing this article, uh, reality is a whole lot different than official rhetoric. The Pope has not been a friend of the Jewish people, and he supported the world's most important sources of anti-Semitism, mainly Palestinianism. The proof is is that the Popes traveled to Israel in 2009. The Vatican authorities avoided calling the state of Israel by the name by that name, but preferred to use the empty denomination Holy Land. And the Pope presented the Arabs as victims and the Israelis as the oppressors. It was clear from the Pope's speeches in Bethlehem and his surroundings that the Catholic attitude to the Jewish people remains unchanged since World War II. I mean, they had every they had a ton to do with helping Hitler eradicate the Jews. A ton. They were in lockstep with Hitler in his eradication plan of the Jews and these other supposed races of inferiors. So that's 
and well documented as well. We could do a whole other teaching on that by itself. And I have touched on that many, many times. So, um, so going further, it says, Has this journalist conveniently forgotten Benedict's predecessor, also Pope John II, Paul II, uh, showed the very same attitude toward the Jews. Let us examine our archived headline news article, and there's a link to it, um, from 2000. Pope John Paul II signed a covenant with the Palestinians, Arafat calling for inter- internationalization of Jerusalem. And this is from that article. On February 15, 2000, at the Vatican, the Pope and the leader of the PLO organization, Yasser Arafat, signed a covenant Against the people of Israel and Jerusalem, according to this agreement, Jerusalem should be an international city based on international resolutions uh, with and an international guarantee. The UN decided on more than one occasion that Jerusalem should be an international city. They also decided that any step... I mean, the, the, I've, I've reported on this over and over again, how they want to have a two-state solution and how they want Israel to give up more land and how the, the you know... Any wicked, I mean, the Muslims and the Catholics and the United Nations all seem to be kind of crazily just united against Israel. I'm not saying Israel's perfect, but it is a disproportionate fixation on the land of Israel. Why would the devil be so fixated on Israel? Because it plays so heavy. The Israelite and the, and Israelites and Israel plays so heavily if you read the book of Revelation and Daniel and other prophetic scriptures regarding the end times. The devil knows the Bible, and that's why he's so fixated on those areas. And if he could find a way to wipe out the Jews, which is what the total uh, fixation that the Palestinians have, that the Muslims have, it's part of their religious belief system. Total eradication of the Jews. 100% every man, woman, and child. If he was able to pull that off, guess what? There's not going to be 144,000 Jewish male virgins, like the Bible says in Revelation 7 and Revelation 14, to go out and do what the Bible says they're going to do. They won't be here because the law will be dead and eradicated. It's the same thing the devil did back in Genesis 6, where he tried to wipe out the whole seed of man. And he almost pulled it off, save eight people on the ark, because if he could have done that, the prophecy of the awaited Savior back in Genesis 3 could have never happened. Because if there was no humans left, Jesus Christ could have never been born to a virgin. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome, though? I mean, how the devil's constantly, and God's always 20 steps ahead. (laughs) I mean, that's awesome. I mean, that should get you excited. Just what I just said, because we are on the cusp God has granted us for one reason or another. For one reason or another, we're all here for a reason. We're all here at this time, right on the cusp of all this stuff going down. The things that the angels have wanted to look into and, and, and the great cloud of witnesses, like the Bible talks about. And we just so happen to be the Christians that are here right now, right on the cusp of all this stuff going down. And there's a reason God put you where you're at. It's honestly a great honor and privilege, if you think about it. It really is. It really should, like, kind of fire you up. I mean, I understand a lot of this stuff's scary. But at the same time, to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. So, I mean, I'm not saying we're all going to be killed and we're all going to be martyred, but some of us... A a lot of the Christians obviously will be, but that's a tremendous privilege and honor. 
And absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, one way ticket to heaven, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So, I don't know, that's how I want, I want to try to like get you like almost excited about this stuff and, and fired up about it and, and go to God and be like, Lord, what, what do you want to use me for in this end time scenario? You know, because if you don't ever go to and ask him that, if you have no desire to be used in the end time scenario, and if all you're thinking about is, oh my word, all this bad stuff. No, no, no. God can do mighty exploits through his remnant. So I want my listeners to be used. I want the body of Christ to be used mightily of the Lord to do those exploits because, let's face it, there's very few people that know this stuff that I'm getting into today. There's very few people. I don't really know of hardly any other ministries getting into that. I'm not saying I'm the only one. But I'm just saying there's just very few. And and I don't want us to be discouraged. And, and I want us to view it like, wow, this is like a tremendous honor and privilege to be born in the time we're in, to know this information, to be saved going into this time. It's amazing. You know, I lose sight of it myself. Uh, it's easy to do. There's so many horrific things going on around. But we are right on the cusp of biblical history that has been set in stone in these prophetic books in the Bible being made, being fulfilled, and they will be fulfilled. So, going forward, um, this is back to this article. They also decided that any step or activity taken by Israel to change that position of Jerusalem is against the law, meaning that you know Jerusalem needs to be this international city. The agreement also recognizes a Palestinian state in the land of Israel, of course, and agrees on cooperation between the Vatican, because that's what we just need to do. We need to just give the, the Muslims more land. Land for peace. It's always worked in the past so well. They just move the rockets in a little bit closer so they can get a better beat on the uh, Israelites. You know, it always was worked so good. Um, and then back, uh, going back to this article, it agrees on cooperation between the Vatican and the PLO. I mean, that's a match made in hell. Palestinian Liberation Organization and the Vatican were two of the most wicked, evil factions on planet Earth. And the United Nations, I'm sure nothing could go wrong with that scenario, you know. Um, and the Vatican itself is committed to assist the so-called Palestinians. So, hey, authorities in the Vatican explain, quote, the agreement paves the way for the establishment of full diplomatic relations with the Palestinian state when it is founded. The PLO representative in the Vatican stated, this is a historical covenant. Anything those slime buckets can do to get more land, so they'll, they'll say whatever they need to say to get more of the Israel's land. They'll, they'll say whatever. And again, they just move the rockets in a little bit closer every time. And always play play themselves off as the victims. And then they'll come out with all these things, and I've released so many of these, where they just honor all of these guys that go around and just blow up people and innocent civilians, and they honor them like they're the greatest you know, soldiers for Allah on the planet. Pope John Paul II angered a great many Israeli patriots and Bible-believing Christians when he signed this infamous agreement with the Palestinian terrorist, Yasser Arafat a man who had a great deal of Israelite blood on his hands. Not only did John Paul II call for the political control of Jerusalem to be taken from the Jews, but he called for the establishment of a Palestinian state. And he held up the contemptible Yasser Arafat as a political leader worthy of being dealt with as a national statesman. Gosh, One of them to call evil good and good evil. That's what I would say to that. 
That which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. I'd also say that Bible verse. Okay, so going further. Yes, there is the same Arafat who constantly said his major goal. This is the same Arafat that constantly said his major goal was to the total annihilation of Israel and to finally force all Jews to, quote, drink of the Mediterranean Sea, which is a common metaphor which meant to annihilate all Jews, drive them into the sea. But he was a good guy. I mean, deep down, you know, yeah, we all have our flaws, you know. He was a terrorist. He was, you know, butcher, liar, thief, killed as many Israelites as he possibly could with lies, steal, cheat. But deep down, he was a good guy. I mean, come on. We can all agree on that, I think. Anyway, let's go further. But why should we be surprised that the Roman Catholicism has historically displayed virulent anti-Semitism? Their inner heart is identical to that of the coming Antichrist. That is why. Again, that is the, and I've been saying that, and I'm, that doesn't mean I think that anything Israel does is good and you can't say a word against them, and that the Jews are saved because of the blood that flows through their veins, which is ethnic salvation, like guys like John Hagee believe that, we don't have to even evangelize. No, they got to get saved the same way we do, okay, but when you see this anti-Semitism, it's such a common theme with the most wicked, evil factions of the world. The Vatican, we've just discussed them today, how puritanical and wonderful they are, the Roman Catholicism. Um, Islam, there's another good one. The United Nations, another great one. You know, it just seems like they have this rabid, rabid desire to take the little bit of land Israel has, to wipe these people off the map, to strip them of all their rights. It's just, you know... is it just me? I mean, I guess the Holocaust never happened, like a lot of people say. It just all those pictures and first-hand footages, and then the all the all the archive footage and first-hand witness accounts. That, that none of that ever happened. I mean, come on, it's just being blown out of proportion. What a lie from the pit of hell. So, um, according to Bill Lambert of the House of Theosophy, whom we quote above, Lambert affirmed the true spiritual nature of the Catholic false prophet. The Pope is a proper receptor to the Christ, this meaning the Antichrist. The Bible foretells that the Antichrist will attempt to murder all Jews at the midpoint of the tribulation after entering into the newly built temple where he committed the abomination of desolation in the Holy of Holies. Again, see Daniel, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and Matthew 24. Okay, um, Going further, the Catholic false prophet will hate the Jews as much as the prophesied Antichrist. We posted a couple of articles in years past, which we recommend to you now, because they reveal so much of the inner heart and condition of Roman Catholicism and its popes. And it goes on to say, please take a moment to read, and this article is the link to it, and it says, Pope John Paul II, 25 years of, continu- of continuing tradition of the pagan sun god worship. And there's a little trailer to this new video that just came out, Freemasonry, Fatal in the First Degree. Bill Schneblin, unfortunately, Bill Schneblin's totally went off into the Hebrew roots thing, whereas a yarmulke looks like a rabbi. You know, sorry, I, I just, you know, done a whole bunch of teachings on Hebrew roots movement, exposing it. Uh, key in Hebrew in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Uh, it's another false religion. Sickening to me he's got into that, but, you know, he, it's like he went from all this other false religion into this. You know, anyway. Uh, Freemasonry fatal in the first degree. He does have a high degree of experience with this, and I do think what he has to say is valid. Just bear in mind, he's into the Hebrew Roots movement really big time. There's a trailer to this movie, you can click on here. Catholicism and Freemasonry both are sun worship, phallic Baal worship. See To see how the Freemasonry worships through Baal, 
and Sun Worship, uh, Sarah Nua's DVD, and that's the thing. Um, there's a link to it here. Despite centuries of battling for control of the New World Order, Roman Catholicism and Freemasonry are identical in their innermost being. Um, as we've reported, black magic illuminized Freemasonry infiltrated the white magic Vatican and finally took it over in 1963. Not to say it wasn't always wicked, but I think in recent times it's really, really ramped up the game and got even more wicked than it even was before. Roman Catholicism. Uh, there's a news article entitled Grand Global Merger of All Black Magic Forces Occurred When the Pope Pope Paul VI Became Pope in 1963. There's a link to that article if you want to read that. I just don't have time to get into that today. The symbolism of the Twisted Cross is quite significant. It literally means the Illuminized Freemasonry has seized control over Roman Catholicism. Now the Pope's heart is identical to that of the coming Antichrist. Now again, Catholicism is going to be assimilated into Freemasonry, is going to be assimilated into Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism. Every false, wicked, evil religion in the world, it's going to be an amalgamation of the one world religion under Antichrist and false prophet. The backbone of it being witchcraft. That's going to be the absolute backbone. Sorcery, witchcraft. The source of all those signs and line wonders and miracles. Okay, so again, that's in. It's going to be a sight to behold from a from a witchcraft standpoint, the highest witchcraft you've ever seen, and that by itself is going to, you know, pretty much deceive um, the majority of the planet. So that's all we have for today. We'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and all you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for letting us come together again another time, Lord, to explore. These truths, Lord, I pray that your word, your truth would go forth. I pray you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive, that you would forgive us for any and all sins we've committed, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable and pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us, that you use the body of Christ, my listeners, mightily, Lord, for your glory, and that through us, you would be able to lead many people to the Lord Jesus Christ. I do, Lord, pray that you would teach us your ways, O Lord, and make our paths plain because of our enemies, as your word says in Psalm twenty-seven, eleven. I pray you would make our paths plain, Lord, that we would know exactly what we're supposed to do in every situation and that the devil would not be able to get in there and, and, and uh, confuse us or divert us from the plan you respectively have for each and every one of our individual lives. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.